Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to the series premiere of Star Trek Kasumi. Joining me are some lovely role players, which we'll get to meet in a moment, but I've got a few things to say before we do that. The first thing is that if you're unfamiliar with me or my channel, hello, welcome. I'm ELH, and I'm a slightly insane, if not fully insane, game master. Uh, today's game will be a Lost Era game that I'm really looking forward to. There hasn't really been a whole lot of Lost Era content, which is part of the appeal. Um, we, If you want to know an actual date, it's roughly 2338, which means it's right before the whole Narendra 3 thing happens, if you're following canon. But in general, uh, the players are really looking forward to uh, seeing what we can cook up and mess with canon, as we tend to do on my streams. Uh, the other thing is that if you're not familiar with the system we're using, it is the Star Trek Adventures rule set by Modifius Entertainment. It is very nice. It's quite literally one of the best role-playing systems I've ever had the pleasure of uh, game mastering. So if you're interested, uh, I can get you a link to it, or I think I... The Star Trek command in chat should also give you links there. But uh, other than that, I'm eager to get started, so let's hear from the players, starting with Mr. Hex. Hello, I am Professor Hex. Um, I am an unfortunate uh, regular on ELH's channel. Uh, once again, I apologize for being here. Um, and uh, I am playing the captain of this year's ship. Uh, do you want to do full introductions right now, ELH, or do you want to totally wait Totally up to you. Okay. I'll be playing uh, Captain Giasa Kaya, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the matron, if you will, of the Kazumi. So. Up next, we go to... Uh, let's actually mix it up. Let's go to Lovecraft here. Let's do left side, then we'll do right side. Okay. Way to throw things off right from the beginning. Got to keep you on your uh, toes. <laughs> you always do. Um, hello, everyone. My name is Matthew. I have been a regular feature on ELH's channel for about two years now. Um, I also play in the Tuesday evening Congo game. In this setting, I am playing Dr. Shrev, Dr. Talia Shrev, a uh, Andorian slash uh, Enar science officer and a civilian attache. Alex, you're up next. Hello everyone, my name is Alex. I've been playing with ELH for about a year and a half at this point. For this game, I am playing Lieutenant Commander Zeren Terral, and I am the Chief Security Officer. And certainly last but not least, we have a new face on the channel. Hey everyone, I'm Peter. This is obviously my first stream with ELH, and for this game, I am playing Nabak, a Denobulan chief of the boat, or Cobb, an enlisted crew member. Very nice. All right, well, here we go. It's time for that opening log. And please do let me know, stream, if the music is too loud or too soft. But uh, since this is the initial episode, I believe the honor falls to the captain for this opening log. Thank you. Thank you. Captain Slonk. Jessica of the USS Kazumi recording, Stardate 15219.6. A bright and shiny new Ambassador Class Tispit is currently cruising about Warp 5 toward the outpost at Omicron Theta. Once there, we'll grab some 11th hour supplies and, more importantly, personnel before we start our proper mission. A five year voyage to the relative south of that galactic signpost we call Sol. 
since we'll soon be on our own in deep space, and therefore at the mercy of all our crossed T's and dotted I's, I've opted for a fresh copy edit, as it were, of the crew at first alpha shift. Drills and exercises designed to sharpen our pencils and bore our reviewers in equal measure. Hopefully the crew will forgive me, and if not, well, there's always more drills until morale improves. Note to self, I speak with Dr. L about the newly persistent ache in my bum leg, which I suspect is due to the Kazumi's mechanical idiosyncrasies. It seems like every time I change ships, it takes a while to get used to the new vibrations, not to mention the damned corridors. Thank the prophets I don't have to hike the halls of the facile anymore. The place was like a metropolitan hospital designed by a corn maze-loving lunatic. All this marvellous technology out here in the frigid vacuum of space, planned to an iota of its life, and I'm just grateful to find the bloody bathrooms. Be good, children. Kaya out. Very nice, and you may have one momentum for that lovely opening log. All right, so as alluded to in the opening log, we are going to start on the Kasumi's Bridge at the very first start of the very first alpha shift. Now, currently on the, uh, let me refresh roll 20. Uh, currently on staff are not only the senior officers, which we'll be introduced to in a moment, but we also see a few interesting new characters that look a little bit odd and we'll again hear from them in a moment. But as Captain steps out of her ready room, and as the turbo lift doors open and we see Nabok, Taral, and Shrev uh, all stepping out, I thought we'd go around in opposite order and have everyone give a little bit about their characters uh, and in general anything we need to know. So let's start with you, Peter, and then we'll go up to Alex and then down to Lovecraft and then to the captain. Okay, well, um, a basic physical description. He's about 5'10". Um, brown hair, bright blue eyes. Um, his hair is about shoulder length. Um, looks a little younger. He's about 38-ish human years. Um, uh, one thing of note is on his left hand, his ring finger and his pinky finger have been swapped. Uh, so just a little physical thing there. Um, yeah, other than that, personality is a little bit of a happy guy. Hopefully. So... <laughs> Very good. Next. I gotta get off mute. As is tradition. For Tural, he stands around six foot two, outwardly appears to be human, tan skin, brown, almost black hair, though interestingly has very striking, piercing, gold-colored eyes. Like I said, while he appears to be human, he's actually a Lorian. As for age, he's somewhere in the ballpark of about 313 years old at this point. All right. Lovecraft, what do we got going on with you? Uh, Dr. Sharev is uh, a young Andorian woman. Approximately 25, you would judge her to be in her mid-20s. Um, she is not wearing a Starfleet uniform. Instead, she is wearing the attire of a civilian researcher, a kind of jumpsuit. Um, 
Her skin is a slightly off blue. It's closer to white, um, like the pale Andorian ice. And if when she turns to you, you see that uh, her eyes are kind of milky and faded out, um, a reflection of that Einar heritage that has, in fact, rendered her blind. There are small uh, mechanical implants on the sides of her temples that are indicative of a kind of early version of Jory LaForge's ocular implants uh, that probably afford her some small measure of sight. Uh, but like the majority of Enar, she probably is able to move about her environment using a kind of telepathic uh, imprint or sense of the uh, the area. And she stands about 5'10", so typically robust for an Andorian female. Very good. And last but not least, what's the captain got going on? So uh, Giasakaya is... Um, if you're at all familiar with uh, the actress Michelle Gomez, um, she played uh, Missy recently on uh, the last few seasons of Doctor Who, right? Um, Giasakaya uh, physically resembles uh, Michelle Gomez. She's in her late 40s, 47 or so, um, about five foot four, um, you know, dark brown hair. Uh, chiefly of interest is that she is a hybrid. Uh, she's a, both a Bajoran and a Trill in terms of species. Uh, so she has the trademark sort of uh, spotted uh, uh, skin decorations uh, of a Trill, but also the, the nose ridges, if you will, uh, of a Bajoran. Um, she is sort of, you know, wearing her traditional captain's uniform, but next to uh, uh, her, her captain's chair, she's had outfitted like a little... Um, addition, uh, a sort of a loop, if you will, to hold a, a cane. Uh, she had uh, a, uh, a pretty devastating injury a couple of years ago, and it's permanently injured her right leg, and so now she walks uh, with the assistance of that cane. And she's got a, a sort of a, a motherly vibe, uh, not at all like Missy on Doctor Who, um, or a cool aunt kind of vibe <laughs> so uh, uh, that, that gives you an idea of, of her sort of demeanor on the bridge cool alright and as you all take your stations uh, I'm going to point out two of the interesting faces that are currently on screen so at the station normally reserved for the first officer at least on this bridge we see a strange individual that is completely encased by an exoskeleton a sort of black and red exoskeleton now, this is what is known as an arachne. Yes, I know it is a terribly original name, but what's important about them is that they quite literally are a biped with spider legs and arms that sort of jut from their back at regular intervals. Um, in general, they're more insectoid than they are humanoid, but they still follow the basic bipedal pattern, if that makes any sense. Uh, they do, of course, have on rank pips as well as a com badge. Uh, this one in particular is Lieutenant Commander Sarid. Uh, she is one of those little interesting Neelix characters that I threw into the game that we'll learn about more, not only about them, but their species during play. And then we go to the helm where a avian humanoid uh, is currently seated. Now, to anyone who doesn't know where to look, all you see is basically something that looks like maybe Skyraiser from uh, good old Beast Wars, for those of you that are old enough to remember Beast Wars. Um, but if you look really, really carefully at the back of the chair, 
uh, what you see is actually this hummingbird-sized bird wearing what is essentially a holographic projector. Now, don't worry too much about that breaking canon about there not being portable holographic emitters. The difference here is that this is extremely a visual and it stutters and breaks if it moves too fast. Um, but this is Lieutenant Junior Grade Kanab. Uh, with that, we are actually going to start the scene proper. So again, you all have just walked onto the bridge, taken your stations, and the floor is yours. Right. Uh, good morning, staff. How are you all feeling this morning? Good morning, Captain. Quite happy to be here. It's a lovely ship. Well, I'm glad you think that. I'm afraid we don't have any... Uh, replacement ships in at the moment, so uh, you're stuck with the one you've got. Well, that's fantastic. Excellent. Uh, Dr. Shrev? Yes, Captain. And you? How are you feeling? Oh, um, I'm perfectly all right. The department seems to be acclimatizing to my style well enough. I don't know if they were expecting to have a civilian orchestrating events down there, but they're, they're getting used to it. They'll be fine. Well, you hold their feet to the fire. You tell them to get used to it. I don't tend to emulate my subordinates, Captain. I'm not sure if that's Starfleet protocol, but it's I have my own way to Oh, right. Uh, yes. Uh, you'll forgive the expression. Uh, it's metaphorical, you understand. There's no need to burn people's souls off. It would probably be better if you didn't do that. Duly noted, Mr. Taral. That's correct. Speaking of which, uh, how are things with uh, with our uh, favorite Elorian? Things are going well. Still acclimatizing to the ambassador class. It's larger than what I'm used to. Yes, I'm feeling the same way. Uh, the facile was uh, both smaller and larger than this vessel in many ways. Um, it's a bit of a, a bit of a paradox, that one. Uh, but the good thing is, is that I found my way to the bridge uh, first try. So, um, you know, that's uh, it's all up from here. Now then, first alpha shift. So, let's get started with everyone's favorite. Let's have some drills, shall we? We're about to begin a five-year mission out into uh, the deep alpha quadrant, if you will, and uh, we need to be make sure that we're on our toes. So, uh, Mr. Taral, uh, what would you suggest in terms of uh, our opening program? Shall we do uh, tactical? Shall we do uh, a little bit of uh, helm testing? Uh, what do you think? Speak your mind. Hmm. Well, there are a number of options available to us though it might be best to see just how quick the crew's reactions are in the event of an intruder on board very good all right that's what we'll do chief all right let's make sure that we're uh, at our battle stations if you will and uh, let's simulate a boarding party any place in particular you would like to have it simulated? Hmm. Let's see. Who, uh, 
uh, tell me, do you have the duty roster on hand? Um, pick the department that's just woken up. Just make sure that whatever place you put it, make sure that they are um, just barely out of their beds for maximum uh, uh, fright, if you will. Is this uh, what you were referring to when you said you'd be holding people's feet to the fire, Captain? Precisely, Doctor. That's very good. Hmm. You're catching on like quick. Some adrenaline right upon waking up. Seems inordinately so, cruel, but very well. Well, life out in space, as you know, is cruel and uh, frightening and uh, it's better to start out the morning with that than coffee, in my personal opinion. It's a rather dour outlook for an explorer, Captain. I hope it doesn't rub off. All right. So, uh, two things is, I forgot to mention this earlier, but you did get a Q powers from Dare Wolf, so you do get a point hey. of momentum. There you go. Uh, second thing is, in terms of actually doing a role here, because of course we have to have an inaugural role for the game, um, I believe Mr. Troll, you're going to take the honor here, you're going to be doing a control and a security, and the ship will assist you with a communications and security. Now the difficulty on this is just going to be a one, and even if you fail, uh, it'll just be a, a funny complication that I'll throw in there. Would Starfleet Protocol be an acceptable focus? I would give that to you, yes, because you are testing to see how quickly they respond to an emergency. All right, Captain, it looks like engineering is the lucky participants this morning. Uh, perfect. Already two successes. Let's see what the ship gets you. One second. This is not doing what I needed to do. Survey says... Is it throwing an error or... Or I'm just doing something dumb. Nope, there it goes. There we go. There, there it goes. goes. All right, so no help from the ship, but you do get one momentum for your troubles. And yes, uh, I would say everybody on the bridge, if they are so inclined, can sort of watch the security uh, procedures down in engineering being enacted. And after a moment, uh, you of course get the uh, quote-unquote uh, intruders have been handled back on your station trawl. However, and honestly, I didn't plan for this. You guys literally stumbled to it on your own. Something else happens on the bridge. The turbolift doors to the left side of the bridge, if you're facing the view screen, the turbolift doors open, and nobody's inside. They just sort of open, stay open for maybe about, maybe about a minute, and then they close again. And as you start to write that off as oh just a glitch of the ship it happens again right so um this may be an odd question but is anyone on the bridge currently haunted not that i know of there was an interesting incident on an away mission but i don't think anything came of it all right we'll table that for later um Let's, uh, 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 Dr. Sharif, your, uh, your opinion on this uh, uh, phantom uh, bridge enterer? Well, Captain, and Sharif will actually take a, uh, a tricorder and scan the mechanics of the door to see mm -hmm. if there's some kind of fault in the, uh, 
I guess, the operation of the um, mechanism that automatically opens it. Sure. Why don't you roll me either an insight or a reason plus engineering difficulty of zero. So again, free momentum. Hopefully. I've said that before and they've rolled full complications, so what do I know? <laughs> yeah. Waiting waiting for it. Mm-hmm. Alright, hey, there's one success, so you get another momentum. Uh, yeah, Dr. Shrev, as far as you can tell, turbolift doors are working fine. Even, like, the little trigger that detects when somebody is, like, in the turbolift or getting on, apparently it's all working fine. Well, Captain, I, I guess that's um, further evidence that one should not make assumptions. I had a presumed that it was merely a fault in the mechanism of the door. It's not. I'm actually at a loss to explain it. Oh, that's peculiar. And uh, you'll see that the captain sort of adjusts herself and, and, and takes a, um, a more sort of upright position in the captain's chair, as if she's straightening up and kind of assuming a, a more commanding uh, posture, as opposed to the more relaxed one she was at before. Uh, and she says... Uh, apropos of nothing, to no one in particular, just to the bridge in general. Identify yourselves. And there's that kind of awkward pause. Everybody's like looking around, like, is someone going to say something? And I think the silence is interrupted by Sarid, where I wish I could do what Hex does with the voices, but if you will literally imagine um, Dr. Professor Girlfriend from the Venture Brothers. It's that oh, same chain smokery like voice, uh, but still feminine in nature. Uh, but Sarid sort of turns a little bit in her chair and looks back at you, Captain, and goes, is, uh, is everything all right, Captain? You uh, talking to nothing? Well, it was uh, kind of a long shot. If it worked, it would have been impressive, wouldn't it? Oh, I see what you're doing. Okay. All right. All right. As your first officer, I'm going to have to get better at reading the room. I got it. I got it. Which, uh, by the way, Captain, I meant to ask, what's your favorite coffee? Do you prefer black, cream, sugar? I personally uh, think coffee's a mistake. Tea, then? Uh, Yes, that's quite right. Uh, I would uh, opt for a Darjeeling, personally. Um, But if I have to drink coffee... Um, well, you're probably better off just shooting me in the space. Noted. I will make sure you have a fresh pot of tea ready the next time you are on the bridge. Thank you, now, Lieutenant Commander. Now, at this point, I have to ask, Shrev, would you stay at the Turbolift Doors, or would you have returned to your station at this point? I think that uh, I would return to my station and begin to scan the bridge, cross-referencing my tricorder readings with any internal sensor scans when the doors opened. All right. So interestingly, when you sit back down and the turbolift doors close, there's maybe about a minute of you going over the sensor scans, finding nothing. But this time, when the doors open for the third time, a very interesting individual steps out of them. Now, for all intents and purposes, they do appear to be human. Uh, They have sort of that middle-aged human male look to them, maybe a bit of uh, scruff, you know, kind of that five o'clock shadow. Uh, very short uh, brown hair, and they are wearing an anachronistic uniform, which even though myself and this avatar and others are wearing different uniforms, this is still the um, sort of TOS era where they're not quite transitioned to the TNG uniforms, but just looking at this individual, they are out of uniform. They are wearing the wrong uniform. Like, they're wearing Kirk colors, if that makes any sense, sort of that green shirt with the pants Mm -hmm. and the belt. Um, 
but they have a Starfleet comm badge on, and interestingly, they're also wearing sunglasses, like just big, thick sunglasses with tinted lenses. And as they step out onto the bridge, they just sort of look around, not really saying or doing anything, just looking around. Excuse me, uh, could you identify yourself, please? Uh, we weren't expecting any visitors. And there's a moment where they're still looking around, and then they go, Oh, you're talking to me. Uh, hello, I am, um, I'm Prote. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't see you on the... And uh, the, the, the captain will sort of lean over and give um, uh, Tural a kind of a look like... You know, put put your hand on a phaser and be ready. You know, a kind of like a conspiratorial look. Yeah, I don't see you on the duty roster. Um, uh, what exactly brings you to the bridge? Well, this is my. Hmm, how many has it been? Ah, yes, this is my fifth visit to a BA dash one civilization, and thought I'd just sort of look around. Now, at this point, Captain, I would like you to roll me an insight and a command at difficulty of two. And this is judging whether this person is being, um, you know, like their body language, their way of talking. If this is someone that's being earnest, if this is someone being insane, if this is someone being, you know, mill-intented, you know, generally getting a vibe for what this person is like. What if I refuse and operate under complete ignorance? Uh, you can do that, too. No, I won't. I just thought I'd ask. Um, so insight and, and what did you say? Insight and command. I'd also insight give you and insight command. and con. I'll take command. Thank you. Okay. Um, would exopsychology apply here as a focus? I'd give it to you, yes. Okay. Two D20s. Uh, uh, how, how much uh, uh, momentum do we have? You have four at the moment. All right. I'm going to spend one. I'll get three D20. Alrighty. And add the focus, and here we go. And you get three successes, meaning you get that momentum right back. Alright. Captain, the basic vibe you're getting is that this person is being honest, but they're definitely not acting like a normal human would. There is just something off about them. But I think that's... I think that goes without saying, but this is more of a... From a psychological perspective, maybe they're not all there, maybe they have something going on, but in general... They don't appear to be a threat right now. ELH, um, as I'm examining this individual, uh, my senses are not technically physical or uh, ocular. Um, mm -hmm. I get this impression telepathically. So even though I'm not scanning this being's mind, mm -hmm. am I detecting anything abnormal in terms of my perception of this person? Or... It's a good question. Why don't you roll me a... Because you're just doing this passively. Why don't you roll me a... I want to say it's almost like an insight or a reason plus medicine. Because it's your special thing. Uh, difficulty of two here as well. Okay. Uh, I will use my um, augmented ability reason to get one pre-success. All right. And I'll do reason and medicine, buying an extra die with one momentum, if that's all right with everyone. All right. Uh, see what you get. Focus of telepathy. Yep, focus and telepathy would apply. And you get the two you need with that uh, augmented control or augmented reason. But let me just double check those zeros to see if those are complications. Uh, nope, you're good. 
So, Shrev, what you're detecting is something weird. Now, obviously, this whole situation is weird, but you've obviously encountered a lot of alien species during your time as both a doctor and during your sort of sprint here in Starfleet. This person is mostly human, but there's something else in the mix here. There's something else that you can't quite identify or put your finger on. Captain, I, although I think this goes without saying, this entity is not entirely what it appears to be. I, I don't think it's human, at least not fully. Uh, well, uh, Doctor, uh, thank you for your analysis, but I don't think there's any need to call it it. Uh, uh, pro uh, what uh, pronouns do you prefer? Pronouns, pronouns. Oh, yes, you do do that this time. The third time I was here, there was a whole debate about what pronouns were and what they meant. Uh, glad to see you finally evolved past that. But yes, um, pronouns, let's see. Uh, he, him is just fine for me. Very well. Uh, now, Doctor, uh, just a reminder, and at this point the captain will get up out mm -hmm. of the chair, grab her cane uh, out of the, uh, the slot, and begin walking over towards Prot. Mm -hmm. um, but, but she will go by way of um, Dr. Shrev's station first. Mm -hmm. uh, she'll put her free hand uh, on Dr. Shrev's shoulder gently and say um, uh, just a reminder, Doctor, to uh, make sure that our uh, background checks on all of our crew are taken care of and promptly if you understand. Of course. Um, I'll begin reviewing the crew manifests immediately, Captain. Excellent. That's what we pay you for. Now then, uh, I'd like to welcome you, Prot, and she'll extend her hand in a handshake. And uh, Prot sort of looks at it and says, ah, yes, you are still doing the handshake thing. Very well. And he extends a hand, a very firm handshake, and then uh, he, you know, withdraws the hand and goes into uh, one of his uh, pockets on his pants and pulls out literally a flip spiral notebook and pulls out a little pencil and just begins scribbling in it. And since you're close enough to look at it, it's in a language that you have no idea what it says. Oh, uh, uh, physical writing. That's quaint. Yes. Um, uh, every time I come to visit, I uh, take notes. I was given a pen once, but I seem to have lost it. Well, that's too bad. They have a habit of disappearing. Now, Pro, uh, if I may, uh, the last time you were here, you said you've been here at least, uh, was it fifth, this is the fifth time now? Yeah. Um, who did you encounter in the previous time? Was it someone uh, like me in a uniform in charge of, say, this uh, a vessel or something similar? Let's see. The third time I was here, I had the pleasure of uh, meeting Dr. Powell. Uh, he was a uh, psychiatrist at uh, one of the New York Manhattan Institutes. Institutes. Do you still have those? Uh, yes, we do. Um, mm. We don't have one here, but uh, they're still very much in operation. Mm. Then uh, the fourth time I was here, it was during uh, your little, uh, what did the humans call it? Um... The war, the uh, eugenics war, that's what it was called. I see. Uh, a dark time indeed. Well, I'm very glad that you are here in a much uh, happier period. 
Right. Now then, uh, what exactly can we do for you? I'm just here to observe. Just uh, take a few notes, meet some interesting new species. I noticed you have a few on your bridge that uh, I actually do not know of. And I've been to 64 planets on in this galaxy, and I can't say I've met anybody like that. Well, this is a diverse crew of uh, incredibly talented and dedicated individuals, so I'm sure whatever sort of punch card you're trying to fill, it'll get popped real quick. Uh, now, if you'll excuse me, I've got to go back to... Um, well, Oh, of course, uh, of course. Please continue. Yes. Thank you. And uh, she'll make... The captain will make her way back to the chair, and again, sort of looking at uh, Terrell kind of under her breath, say... Um, Keep a hawk's eye on him and let me know the minute there's any kind of energy interference, any kind of impulse that he has some negative intent. Right? I'll keep a watch. Right, then, our uh, our new visitor notwithstanding, we still have drills to do. Uh, uh, Troll, uh, excuse me. Um, how did our engineering uh, department fare? They were able to successfully find their intruder and take care of the issue. I would say response times could be improved upon, but this is mostly to be expected with a fresh crew. Well, if it's in uh, standard uh, deviation, if you will, then uh, I'm happy. Very good. So, uh, we've had our uh, boarding party. Uh, I tell you what, let's do evasive maneuvers. Uh, let's see. Kinath, if you would, please. Um, let's simulate a, um, a hard starboard turn at approximately, um, let's say, full impulse. And uh, Kanath turns and goes, you got it, Captain. And uh, interestingly, when she engages the turn to the side, despite the inertial dampers and graph plating supposedly working, it's almost like you're in a car. There's that noticeable shift uh, in the gravity where you all quite literally do kind of that Star Trek lean, if you will, um, which does indicate that the graph plating and inertial dampeners are not working as they should. And for anybody watching Prote, um, you see he kind of leans in, still standing, he kind of just leans in the direction that everybody else is leaning, but he does recover much more quickly. <clears throat> well, uh, quick question, Kanath. Um, did you leave the parking brake on? Because... Uh, that's no, I know what you. I know what you mean, Captain. I'm looking at it now. Um, ah, I see the problem. The auxiliary uh, manifold on deck three is malfunctioning, and that provides power to decks one, two, and three for initial dampeners. Um, I can go actually go handle that now, sir. Or, uh, by the way, sir, ma'am, do do you do you which which should I use? Oh, don't mind. Sar is fine. Just to keep with protocol. Okay. Whew. She kind of comically wipes the sweat from her brow. Right, um, I can either go handle that myself now, or I can just uh, sort of task it to engineering. I can always call down to my boys down in engineering and have them fix it. And Absolutely, Nabak. Why don't you take care of things? All right, Captain. 
So Nabok, we're going to have you roll here so that you're not being left out here. I would like you to do a presence and engineering for me. Difficulty of two. And if you have anything related to team dynamics or Starfleet protocol or anything related to even away team management, I would give you that I, I as a focus. I do have Starfleet protocol. There you go. So right. presence and engineering. Big bucks, no whammies. Mm-hmm. And if it matters, you have three momentum right now if you want to spend any. Yes. All right. I'm going to say with one success, since it was a difficulty of two, we'll succeed at cost. And Nabok, you actually get someone on the horn down there. Let's say uh, Ensign Presley. And Ensign Presley says, um, Sir, not to be the bearer of bad news, but uh, that whole uh, intruder alert in the early morning, uh, let's just say that... Uh, Half the crew are uh, recovering from injuries. Uh, let's just say that they were a little overzealous when uh, they were searching. But uh, I can maybe have that fixed by uh, 0900, if that's acceptable. Or I could go right now, sir, if you'd prefer to leave engineering understaffed. Well, not terribly urgent, but you can hop on it fairly quickly, but don't leave engineering understaffed yet. We may have interesting things happening here yet. Understood, sir. Bridge out. Now at this point, I think Prout, or Prout, he actually respond to either. At this point, he's actually just kind of walked up uh, behind the Bach, and is just, you know, just kind of observing, taking notes, not really interfering. But you you are very uncomfortably aware that he is looking over your shoulder. Can I um, can I can I help you, sir? Oh, don't mind me. I'm just observing. Well, I I would like to remind you that well, actually, it's not a reminder since you probably haven't met me before. But I don't. I'm not a particular fan of being touched. So if you would take a step back. Oh yes, of course, of course. And he takes a step back, and then he kind of looks over at Shrev and starts wandering in that direction. But uh, I did want to address one thing that uh, Lovecraft sent me in private. So, uh, Lovecraft, if I understand, you wanted to run scans on Prot, and you want to liaise with Nabok to modulate the sensors and get a read uh, as far as the ship is concerned for Prot. So what I'm going to need is, Shrev, I need you to roll me a control and a science. Nabok, you can assist with your own control science. And then even on top of that, it's going to be the ship assisting you with a sensor science. Now the difficulty is going to be a three here. So keep that in mind when you're rolling. I'll roll for the ship. All right. Okay. Question, uh, because I was given the opportunity to essentially prepare this and the captain was distracting Prot for an extended period of time, hmm. would mental repository apply here? I'll give it to you. And I'll roll one extra die. All right. So no help from the ship, unfortunately. Uh, good thing with your assist, we don't count that second complication. But that is actually quite a lot of successes. Six successes overall, which means by my count, you're actually captain momentum at six momentum. So, Shrev, you're also the science officer. So remember, you do get a free question when I'm done. But here's what you find out. Uh, Prot is human. At least he reads human. He has standard human organs, uh, right down to his brain, his blood, all of it human. However, what you are noticing is that his neural patterns 
are much more active than a normal human's. Now, I forget if this is a meme or if this is sort of like a misconception, but if I remember my medical stuff in real life correctly, I think technically humans use, what is it, 10% of our brain normally? Um, if that is the case, then when you look at prot, you're seeing maybe about 150%, if that makes any sense. From a medical standpoint, no, I don't think that's that's possible to use more than 100% of something, but... No, that's, I, that's a very deliberate description. Yes, I, I understand. Um, I think that uh, Shrev would then, uh, using the comm panels, submit that information to the displays on the captain's chair, presumably it's there, or mm -hmm. sent to a pad that she might have available to her. Mm -hmm. Certainly things you could do. Um, because I have mental repository, that grants me a free question as well. So I have two free questions to pose. Mm -hmm. And because, I mean, I would solicit meta on a meta level questions from anyone else, but one that I would be interested in is, I mean, is there any way to incapacitate this individual should it become necessary without harming them in any way? Since it is your free question, I'm gonna say that based on what you're seeing, your first instinct is you could just stun him, no problem. But then you look at those neural patterns and you think, hmm, maybe it'll take a little bit more than your average stun to put this guy down if it comes to that. Anything else in terms of uh, the other free question? Hmm. I'm curious if maybe his temporal signature is not conducted conducive to ours but there's maybe like a destructive interference or that he's not exactly from our time frame oh sure yeah yeah if we, we maybe if we, if we could maybe at least narrow down like his temporal signature to a point where we could kind of guess where he's from with, mm -hmm. a, with a reasonable degree of accuracy so yeah, uh, with your second free question, I'm going to say that, uh, interestingly, you're not detecting anything that would indicate he's traveled through time. Uh, you're not seeing chronotons, you're not seeing tachyons, you're not seeing anything that would be uh, indicative of such. He is contemporary, for all that matters. And I would say at this point, uh, Prot has sort of walked up behind you, Shrav, and he's doing the same thing he was doing to Nabok, where he's just kind of, you know, over your shoulder, you know, taking notes. And I think that uh, Shrev would quite awkwardly turn around in her chair and uh, dispel the display that uh, obviously quite uh, surreptitiously uh, is uh, uh, showing the results of her scan. Um, Hit the boss button. Mm -hmm. There you go. Um, can I can I help you? I, I take it not. You're just observing again. And he's still writing, and then he looks up and goes, "Oh yeah, yeah, yes, please, please continue what you were doing." It's it's been a while since I've observed a BA dash one society, so this is this is good material. Um, I must ask, although the captain doesn't seem interested in this, would you be willing to reciprocate? I'm sure that there's a great deal that you could tell us about Earth's history, if you know something about the eugenics war, that would be of great scientific and anthropological value to us. Well, probably nothing really that isn't already in your computers, and he sort of motions around at the bridge with his pencil. 
But uh, if you want to know anything about K-Pax, I could tell you things about K-Pax. Well, I don't know what that is. So I, I, is that your species, your world? Uh, both in the same. Uh, K-Pax, K hyphen P-A-X, is a planet in the constellation Lyra. I see. Um, when you're done with your investigation of our species, um, you'll probably have learned that our highest objective, the reason that we're on this vessel, is to explore this galaxy, to learn more about the peoples therein, and, well, learn more about ourselves in the process. I would be grateful if you would allow me to speak with you extensively about your world and... Well, perhaps even yourself. You are much more personable than Dr. Powell was. And then, as if that explains everything, uh, Proke sort of steps away and then walks around to the opposite side of the bridge. Now, at this point, I do have to ask, Troll, Captain, would you have done anything with the fact Proke's just wandering around the bridge, or have you just kind of keep an eye on him? I think Troll's pretty much just keeping an eye on him looking to see if he tries to access any systems as he's wandering. I can safely say that he's not, he's actually making overtures to not touch any computer systems or any displays of that matter. And then what about yeah. you, Captain? Are you still cool with it? I would say that, um, I mean, at this point I've received um, Dr. Sharev's um, transmission right to, to the chair. Mm -hmm. I would take a look at that and sort of scrolling through that, getting that information. Uh, I would um, kind of sigh quietly uh, and uh, and say again under my breath to uh, Tural, um, but I am beginning to lose my patience with this gentleman. Um, I need you to make sure, Chief, that he doesn't touch anything that uh, our, our best guest may not do and uh, any information that he's recording we need to make sure that that is uh, approved to leave this bridge Aye, Captain Otherwise just uh, maintain a holding pattern if you will uh, So, uh, approach uh, is there any way that we can um would you like a tour of the rest of the vessel? Uh, you can, we're actually quite busy here on the bridge, and your your presence, uh, though welcome, is um, a bit. Uh, it's not necessarily conducive to uh, efficient bridge uh, uh, operations. Again, he writes for a little bit and then looks up and goes, "Oh yes, uh, perhaps I should upgrade you from a BA dash one to an AB dash two. Uh, but yes, I, I would like to see more of this ship of yours. Uh, tell me, do you have any fresh fruits? I'm sure we can arrange that. Um, yes, uh, just a moment, and she'll um, uh, touch a panel uh, on the uh, on the chair. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, uh, Ensign Alyssa, uh, if you would, please. Uh, and she's calling down to... Um, uh, essentially, uh, uh, the staff, the the replicator staff, basically, whoever's the people in working in the mess. I got you. Yeah, the the mess hall, basically. Uh, we've got uh, a special guest. Uh, he's requesting some fresh fruit, so why don't you grab him um, 
let's see, some dragon fruit, durian, uh, maybe some bananas if you have them. Oh, uh, bananas. He's fond of bananas. Um, and if you could, um, just take him on a little stroll around the ship, if you please. I'd be grateful for it. And Alyssa comes back and goes, uh, yeah, sure, I can do that. Captain, uh, is this a dignitary I should have prepared for? Oh, no, don't worry. Uh, this is a, um, a, an unexpected pleasure. And she, as she says that, she's looking directly at Proton and kind of giving a... And he actually kind of nods as well and smiles a little bit. And yeah, I'm going to say Alyssa, of course, says she'll do that. A dramatically appropriate amount of time passes. The right side triple lift doors open. Alyssa steps out, grabs Prote. Prote, of course, is very happy to follow. They both step back into the turbo lift. And once the doors close, Prote is no longer on the bridge. And you can maybe breathe a little bit easier. All right. Crew, I want answers immediately why the hell that person is on my bridge. Understood, Captain. I, I would like to uh, scan for um, transporter signatures. Go down. Oh. Make it happen. All right, that's going to be a reason in engineering assisted by the ship's sensors in engineering. Difficulty of two here. I do have a focus of transporters and replicators. Would definitely apply. I'd say, well, this is happening. I think Taral would probably calm down to the security teams just to have them on standby if needed. Okay, noted. Now, interesting, Nabok, you haven't rolled any successes, which unfortunately means that the Kasumi's lovely critical there does not count. Gotta love the idiosyncrasy that rolls. But I will offer you a devil's deal. You can succeed at a cost, but there will be two complications here. Could you use determination to re-roll that if it's that important as well? That is also true. You do have the option of using determination, but that's your call, not mine. Or you could just simply fail. There's sort of three options here. You either take the complications, use determination, or you just simply fail. We use a determination. All right, what value you tapping? Uh, the crew protects its own trying okay. to figure out what's going on here I love it, go for it so yeah, you can re-roll uh, both those dice a quick mulligan here mm -hmm. survey says hopefully no red there you go, opposite of red you have a grand total of five successes which means you actually have three momentum floating that you can spend on advantages, questions, etc. But Nabok, it's really weird. As you start to scan for trans pattern or transporter signatures, you're not seeing a traditional beam-in, beam-out signature. However, when you look at the molecular structure of the turbolift that Prote supposedly appeared in, you are noticing something that is indicative of... I don't want to say a Romulan or a Klingon pattern, but something that might indicate some similar but not the same method of transportation, if you're getting what I'm putting down. Yeah. Um, but that's what you get with your uh, success. And again, you have three momentum for uh, free questions, free create advantage, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, do I use those now or 
Yeah, you, they will go away at the end of this resolution. Okay. Um, since the uh, since the door is open like three times, are there um, is there like a layering to this transporter pattern? Like it attempted to enter the ship multiple times and then completed, or was it just like once? You actually are on the right track. It seems that when the first doors opened, that it was a gestation uh, signature where something was beginning to form. The second one, they were a little bit more formed, but they weren't visible. The third one is when this transport sort of completed. So it's a slow transporter. Um, Okay. And then you have two momentum, which you could use for an advantage here that you can just create, or you can ask two more questions. Uh, Does anyone else have any idea on a question? I suppose my two thoughts would be, as a question, what's the origin the origin point of the yeah. transporter signature? Right. Yeah. And as an advantage, perhaps determining something about the signal and its frequency that would enable us to use our own transporters to either interfere with it or, I guess, invert it to send him back. Reverse what I'm going to say, though, is actually, Elridge, I did not forget about your evil Q power. The complication is going to be that when you try to answer that question of where did it come from, your sensors are inconclusive. You have no idea where it's coming from, which means you cannot reverse the process that brought him here. All right, Nabak, uh, what did your uh, scans indicate? Well, Captain, it, it isn't a transporter as we would normally use it, um, but it does appear, the interesting thing is, the reason we saw those doors open about two or three times was uh, the, the the materialization cycle is somewhat slow. Uh, the first time it opened, it was the beginning of the transport, and then when it finally opened, the, the last time was when the cycle completed. Um, so whatever we're dealing with, it is either extremely long range um, or just an entirely different technology. I was not able to determine its origin point, unfortunately, uh, but but we at least know that it, it is a technology of some type that we can potentially learn something more about. Right. Doctor, your thoughts? I'm afraid that I have access to the same information as the Cobb. I wouldn't even know where to begin. I suppose I could investigate it in terms of its subspace displacement wake. That might give us some insight into the distance that it would have had to travel, whether this is actually long distance as opposed to some novel form of technology. But I must ask, Captain, we all seem to be operating under the assumption that this being is a potential threat. I think that's really rather premature. If you'll forgive a civilian from interfering in, I suppose, military matters. Uh, well, um, and uh, the captain will sort of kind of half, in a kind of a half camp way, sort of look around the bridge. Well, I don't see a military tribunal here, so uh, go ahead and speak your mind, Doctor. I just don't know why we aren't actually cooperating with this being. It's, although lacking in social graces, doesn't seem to have any ill will towards us. And it's done nothing particularly untoward. It hasn't entered into any restricted areas of the ship. And yet we're organizing security teams and treating it as if it's some kind of threat to us. 
That seems unjustified. And I, I think Sarid uh, actually interrupts and says, can we stop calling him it? I mean, it, I'm of the same mind, Doctor. It's he, Prote, does appear to be an intelligent, actual, sentient being, so we should afford it that courtesy. I understand your concerns, both of you. Um, we're on the same page here. Um, I'm perfectly willing to uh, entertain a diplomatic uh, connection with this character. Uh, I, I believe uh, we're just being prudent in terms of prepping the security and keeping our guard up just a little bit. Uh, this is our uh, earliest moments out on our mission. And uh, we can't deny that there are forces out there uh, beyond our understanding or control which might seek to do us harm, or at the very least, uh, scuttle our mission. I believe that we are being rather accommodating to Mr. Prote. We have not stopped him from his exploration. He has a guide but I do have to bring up the fact this is an individual who appeared rather suddenly, who is not a part of our crew, and we're not sure where he came from or why. As the captain said, it is prudent that we consider all options. You know, if we make first contact with another new species as we've done today, we would be the ones in all likelihood intruding into their space. I would hope that they would view us with a little bit more openness than we seem to be viewing him, and a little more, well, optimism. And I think Sarid at this point makes a very specific note to look in your direction, Shrev, and even if you can't see it, she does nod. And uh, it would be reciprocated because I, I can pick up the telepathic uh, impressions. Um, and in fact, once the conversation is over, Shrev is actually going to uh, stand and go to uh, stand next to uh, Sarid. Mm -hmm. And well, I think Sarid sort of leans in and goes, now I know the, and she says it loud enough for the captain here, so you of course can counterman this, but uh, she says, I think it's maybe prudent then that uh, Doctor, why don't you and the Cobb, uh, and of course grab Mr. Troll if you'd like as well. I would like to see a little bit more interaction, a little bit, you know, you, he seemed to talk to you. He seemed to be willing to give you information. Let's let's push that a little bit. Very well, Lieutenant Commander. And may I say that I appreciate your earlier correction. Um, if he wishes to be referred to as a he, that's certainly his right. It's just that I've never encountered anything like him. So it, it seems more like an alien entity than a person, but you're quite right. I apologize. You're fine. Uh, apologies if I seemed harsh. Uh, my species, the Arachne, we went through a very turbulent time uh, about a century ago where let's just say that calling someone something they weren't or misappropriating their title, it led to the sort of barbaric nature that we saw in Earth's eugenic wars, if you get my meaning. Given that my species has four sexes, I probably should be a little bit more uh, well prepared. Sarid sort of, you know, sits back a little and goes, four? 
You and I are going to have a conversation about that later. I'm very curious. But uh, let's grab the cob and grab Mr. Terrell and uh, have at it. Of course. Gentlemen? Uh, just a moment, please. Um, the back, uh, I, I would like you to stay on the bridge. Uh, if you Captain. will coordinate with the engineering to continue your investigations uh, into this creature. I think I will accompany the doctor myself. And she um, gets up and, and gets her cane ready. Uh, Mr. Thrall, uh, you have the con. Aye, sir. So just to confirm, as I move tokens around here, so Troll is staying, the captain is going, the doctor is going, is Nabok going? Nabok is staying on the ship, on the, sh- on the bridge. Ship, the bridge. Gotcha. All right. I see, before <laughs> you shot we, out of the space. <laughs> I see, before we move on, I think mm-hmm. Troll would ask, oh, Sir Lieutenant Commander Sirid is your first officer. Shouldn't that be her position to take the con? Hmm. Well, that's uh, that's a good observation, Tral. But um, it seems to me that uh, my first officer is, uh, as as of late, and and she'll look at Sarid, mm-hmm. perhaps overstepping her station a little bit in uh, um, suggesting uh, uh, protocols and tactics that she hasn't um, well uh, coordinated with me. Um, I thought perhaps that uh, uh, it best that uh... she wishes to remind me of the fact that I need to follow protocol. She fills in. Thank you, uh, Lieutenant Commander, for elegantly uh, uh, sussing out my meaning there. Besides, Lieutenant Commander, you as third in in command in the yeah. Let me start that again out of character. As the third in line in terms of succession, it is probably a good thing for you to experience the chair. I just wanted to make sure before taking it. You get comfortable, Tarol. Um Don't change any of the settings. I have them configured just like I like it. I won't touch anything. I'll make sure the seat stays where it is. Good. Actually, Lieutenant Commander, why don't you come with me? All three of us will make a, a nice party for uh, to uh, engage with Prod. Which Lieutenant Commander are you referring to? Sarid. Sarid. Okay, to just Sarid, wanted to yeah. be sure. And Sarid stands and says, of course, Captain, I'd be happy to assist you. Right, off we go then. Doctor, after you. And uh, trying to be, again, quite surreptitious, she will shoot a, an apologetic glance towards Sarid and just vaguely gesture towards the captain uh, with a slight bob of the head. Sarid, again, it's kind of hard to read emotions on Sarid's face because I think I mentioned she is more insectoid than she is humanoid. So she doesn't actually have a traditional face. It's more of a full helmet or just sort of a full face covering. Um, but telepathically you would get the sense that she's like eh, it happens it was my own fault kind of a thing but as we transition from the captain the doctor and Sarid going to go talk to Prote I think this is an excellent opportunity for a 5 to 10 minute break so we'll be back shortly stick around
Welcome back, everybody, uh, to Season 1, Episode 1, Series Premiere of Star Trek Kasumi. If you're just joining us, uh, everything was going fine on the Kasumi until a strange man who identifies himself as Prot has showed up on the bridge and is now being found by the captain, the science officer, and the first officer in the main lounge of the Kasumi. Now, the Kasumi being an ambassador class, it has a number of lounges, but the main one is actually known as Five Starboard. Now, it's a little bit of a mouthful, but Five Starboard is actually quite expansive. Uh, if you can imagine uh, the size of 10 forward uh, that we see in Star Trek Enterprise or Star Trek The Next Generation, um, it's about two times the size of 10 forward which means that there's a lot more room for tables, a lot more room for benches and chairs. The bar is twice as wide. But when you walk in, uh, Captain, Doctor, and Sarid, when you all walk in, what you notice is that the place is practically empty. Now, whether or not that's by design or simply the fact that there's just nobody needing to go to a bar this early. But what you see is that Lieutenant Alyssa, or sorry, Ensign Alyssa, as you've called her, um, she's just sort of waiting towards the end of the bar as Prot is going through a bowl of fruit. Now, as you walk up to him, you notice that he's not peeling the bananas, for example. He is quite literally eating the skin and everything else from the bottom of the banana. And even things like pineapples and things like dragon fruits and things like pomegranates, he's just biting straight into it and consuming as if it was the most normal thing in the world. And I well, think Dr. Shrove would just lean over to the captain. Uh, based on my scans, he has an entirely human digestive system. That that can't be very good for him. No, I don't imagine so. Um, but then again, human beings did invent things like uh, haggis and um, tofu. So uh, I think, uh, generally speaking, they're used to um, raking their insides as creatively as possible. They do tend to consume a, a great deal of material that is actually not editable, yes. Uh, Prout, uh, how's your tour going? Mm, oh, mm. Captain, I must, and he kind of like wags half a banana at you. I must say, Captain, your produce alone has been worth the treat. Even Dr. Powell's fruit basket, hmm, just takes a big old crunch of the banana. Quite appetizing. Oh, I'm very glad to hear that. Uh, and uh, she will make her way with her cane over to uh, the kind of bar area and sit next to uh, Prot. Mm -hmm. um, uh, now, you mentioned Dr. Powell again. Um, now, uh, we're not actually familiar. Uh, can you tell me more about this uh, uh, Powell character? Mm -hmm. And he kind of licks his fingers as he finishes the banana. Yes, uh, Dr. Powell, uh, he worked at the uh, Institute for Mental Health of Manhattan. Uh, took him a while to convince him that uh, I was from K-Pax. He quite literally thought I was uh, someone I wasn't. Uh, who did he think you were, if you don't mind my asking? Why don't you roll me a presence and a command difficulty of two here? Uh, to see how well you impersonate yourself with Prote. Because it's not something where uh, just average, like you have to roll for it here, because otherwise I would have just done it narratively, but 
This is an important role, is what I will hint at. Okay. Uh, then I will say, I will spend, since we have so much momentum, I'll spend three. Okay. So I'm rolling 40, 20. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I have exopsychology and cultural studies. Do you think either of those would apply here? I'll give them, I'll give both to you. How does that sound? Cool. All right. Rolling, rolling. That's three successes. You get a momentum back. So Prote sort of nods and says, well, I guess since you aren't treating me like a mentally unwell patient, I can simply tell you. Uh, Dr. Powell believed I was someone known as Robert Porter. Uh, I'm not. I'm Prote. But there was some confusion, and it took the good doctor uh, quite a bit of convincing to even admit the possibility. Mm, well, Reminds sometimes... me, I need to use your computer at some point to look up what happened to the good doctor. Oh, uh, you know, I believe we can take care of that for you. Um, and she'll um, sort of toss over her shoulder. Uh, doctor, if you would, please, if you'll run uh, a quick uh, uh, a look up on uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Dr. Powell, is that right? Of, of course. Um, I, I do have to warn you, however, our historiographical records of, uh, I believe it was 1980s, 1990s Earth? Is it? 1990s, it, correct. We're speaking about the eugenics war, so that would have been the it, 90s. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm, they're fragmentary at best. Granted, but uh, it might be buried in there, so it, uh, it behooves us to check. Of course, Captain. Now, um, uh, Prot, um, why exactly did Dr. Powell think that you were this uh, Robert character? Well, I mean, that's what he as a doctor did. He treated people. He tried to cure mentally ill patients. So instead of admitting the fact that I was a visitor from another planet, he simply thought that I was someone to be cured. So he initially thought that you were mentally ill yourself. Correct. Hmm. I see. Pro, I think we've... um, We've been very welcoming uh, up till now. Um, you've enjoyed our, our fresh produce. Um, I, I think we've uh, established a kind of rapport, right? Um, I'm going to be uh, quite straightforward with you. Um, we're concerned about your sudden appearance on the bridge. Um, our mission here on the uh, Kazumi, if you're not familiar with the uh, the designation of this vessel, uh, is uh, a mission of exploration. And, um, well, to be frank, we weren't expecting visitors of any kind, either from our organization or otherwise. So I have to ask, how did you get here? Well... I can't reveal the specific method, but since you are on a FTL-capable vessel, I am quite confident in telling you that it was a similar mechanism. In other words, I I traveled at multiple amplitudes of sea. Right. Yes. Okay. Do you have a um, a vessel of your own, or were you using um, some kind of technology? Oh, I, uh, I travel light. Ah, of course you do. It's better that way. Don't have to keep track of as much. 
But, uh, I hate to interrupt you, Captain, but, um, we only have about two hours before I have to get back, and there's so much of your vessel I wish to see. Yes, of course. Um, what, uh, what's your fancy? Uh, shall we do, uh, engineering, perhaps? Uh, see the living quarters? Um, I think what, engineering what, what is... I'm, I'm very curious as to see how you are exactly traveling at faster than light. Oh, well, uh, it's uh, nothing really, but uh, if you're interested, we'll, uh, we'll walk you through it. Um, uh, Ensign Alyssa, if you'll, uh, will you, uh, uh, pop a message down to engineering, let them know that we're headed that way. Uh, let, let Presley know, uh, that we'll be there shortly. You got it, Captain. And as we transition away, we're actually going to go back to the bridge for Troll and Nabok to have a little bit of screen time. So, Troll and Nabok, uh, you can, of course, flavor more as you like, but I like to imagine that maybe you've gone through just one or two more drills, and you're sort of in that lull between the next drill before you do anything else. But I believe you, uh, Troll in particular, you had something you wanted to cover. So, Troll's sitting in the command chair, looks a little bit uneasy about actually being there. It takes a few minutes before he turns to look back towards Nabok. Do you still have the sensor logs of that transport that seems to have brought Mr. Prote here? Well, of course. I can pull them up right now. Nabok presses a few buttons and pulls up the logs. Is there anything you were looking for in particular? I'm curious. You said it took a while for him to appear within the transport within the uh, car out of the turbo lift. Is there any residual signature on that turbo lift car? Like any residual particles or some such thing? I'm just wondering if now this might seem strange but if maybe the turbo lift car itself was how we got here. Hmm. That is an interesting idea. I'll run a quick scan. Nabok, as you run your scan, uh, you're about halfway through it when there's a chime at the communications console. And what you see, Nabok, is that it's a transmission from Earth. Well, Lieutenant Commander, we seem to be having an incoming transmission. Would you like me to put it on? Uh, go ahead, put it on screen. So appearing on the view screen is going to be someone who my longtime players will recognize, but it's new for Peter. But appearing on the view screen is a Commander Ignatrix, as in blue skin, my avatar especially, etc., etc., etc. But she's wearing medical blue, uh, rank of commander, and she kind of looks a little bit annoyed, and she says, Ah, Kasumi, good, good. Um, I'm going to cut straight to the point here. You might have one of my patients aboard. I'm assuming you mean this Mr. Brot commander? Brot, yes. Uh, he's actually Robert Porter, and he somehow escaped from the Institute here in San Francisco. Uh, he's not particularly violent or dangerous, but you probably want to find him very quickly. 
I you happen to know where he is, he's, the captain presses a few buttons headed towards engineering, I believe. When, what would you like us to do with him, Commander? Well, uh, how far are you out right now? Is the return journey even feasible for you? I see. Uh, with that, Terrell's going to look towards Kanath at the con station. And Kanath runs a few numbers and says, I mean, we can turn around, sir, but if we do, we're looking at a four-week delay at Omicron Theta. What's the nearest starbase or any other vessel heading back toward uh looks like the uss yosemite we could maybe meet about halfway along i'll have to get the captain's input on that and then Ignatrix says, well, whatever you do, just make sure that he doesn't pull his light travel stunt. The last time he did so, let's just say we found him knocked out in an alleyway. And when he does it, he tends to turn into a deaf mute. And it's very hard to get him to do anything. All right, Commander, we'll take care of it as quickly as we can. Very good. Earth out. View screen goes dark. Well, Commander, this looks like something that needs to be brought immediately to the captain's attention. Agreed. I'll see if I can get a hold of the captain. Meanwhile, could you continue your scans? Most certainly. Now, as uh, you continue your scans, we're now going to go to engineering. We're walking into engineering. Uh, you, of course, see the staff on duty, but uh, you also do see that there's a few phaser burn patterns in the floor. Uh, there's a few overtip mugs of coffee that haven't been cleaned up yet. It, in general, just looks like a mess. Um, but as you walk in, uh, Captain Kaya and Doctor and Sarid and Prote, uh, what happens is the uh, officer on duty, I think, what did I call him? Ensign Presley. Um, yes. Ensign Presley immediately looks up from the main sort of uh, conference table and says, oh, Cho, Captain, we weren't expecting you for another 10 minutes. Um, hey, 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 you! And he kind of snaps a finger at some random officer walking by. You, clean everything up now. Ensign, I should think that based on this morning's uh, exercise, that it's always prudent to expect the unexpected. Isn't that right? Uh, yes, ma'am, sir. Uh... I'm going to shut up now, because this is going to get me in hot water. At ease, Ensign. You're fine. Uh, now, our guest here, Mr. Prout, uh, would like a, a little uh, a Lehman's tour, if you will, uh, concerning our warp engine and uh, generally how we move faster than light. Do you think you can handle that? I, yeah, I could do that, sir. Um, Mr. Prout, was it? Um... Are you familiar at all with dilithium uh, intermix chamber? And as Prote is moved away by uh, Ensign Presley, this is when the bridge could calm down to the captain to fill her in. Captain responding. You're muted, You're as muted. is tradition. I'm getting some uh, communication yeah. interference. 
opening it up. Okay, this is Tehran. Uh, we had a communication from Earth about our guest. Oh, you said. Yes, sir. Earth. Uh, from a Commander Ignatrix said that he is one of her patients. Right. Things are coming together. Uh, what was the commander's recommendation? Uh, she would like to have him returned to Earth. Mm. I don't think we can do that. Not without significantly hobbling our, our mission here, especially with that delay will inevitably arise in order I, to get Omicron Theta on time. It would delay us by about four weeks. No, the, that's, the, that's unacceptable. The USS, the USS Yosemite, we could intercept them. That would go down to a two-week delay. Hmm. That, that I think, is uh, more palatable. Let's uh, send a transmission over to them. Let them know that we'll, uh, we'll uh, find a parking lot, if you will, to exchange our, uh, our lovely... Uh, Let's not call him a prisoner, shall we? Guest? Um, yeah, uh, uh, make sure that that gets arranged at all, uh, since you're uh, in charge in the big chair. Uh, and the commander did mention not to let him do his light trick or something along that line. Light uh, Right. Um, yes, Captain, if I may interrupt yes, briefly. Yes, yes, Chief, go ahead. Um, my, I just finished one of my scans on the, the turbo lift car, and it seems that the transport came from inside the ship. So we may have had uh, a stowaway, actually, maybe what more the situation might be. Uh, but either way, as uh, Lieutenant Commander insinuated, there is some sort of transport that he says he can do, but it puts him in a non-responsive state so whatever we can do to distract him may be helpful i, I think it, that uh, shrev would interject um looking quite consternated um nabok i thought you said that the transporter signature was either well closer to romulan or klingon in nature are you saying it was actually are transporter pads that brought him in? How do we account for the discrepancies in its operation? I don't have a conclusion as of yet, Doctor, but all I have is that it is an unusual pattern and that it came from inside of the ship. So he may be using a technology that he is not supposed to have, or maybe we are dealing with some sort of prodigy that built something that we just don't have a signature for yet. Hmm. There are also the highly unusual bioscience and his abnormal cognitive capacity, in fact his nigh impossible cognitive capacity, uh, he's not merely a mental patient, if that's the no. term that you'd wish to use. No, I, I far be it for me to con contradict you, Doctor. I, I do not know exactly what is going on with uh, Mr. Pratt, but I would think that he may be perhaps not a mental patient, but perhaps someone who has a special set of skills that is being observed by Starfleet. Hmm. He has referenced the eugenics wars a number of times. Perhaps that's, what is that expression the humans have when you, 
you reveal something about yourself unintentionally, some kind of mistake or slip up. A Freudian slip, I believe. I believe it is a faux pas. I'm not quite sure on human expressions. Regardless, perhaps he himself has been genetically engineered. That would be an interesting hypothesis. I can see if I can go back through scans or perhaps do some surreptitious ones of him while he is still with you using the uh, internal sensors while not quite as precise as a medical tricorder if you happen to have one with you. But perhaps we can get a little more information to narrow down what exactly is going on. Hmm. Captain, maybe we should contact sickbay, have them dispatch either a nurse or even Dr. Rell himself. A subtle scan might provide some insight, even if it's not a full genetic panel. We are of the same mind, Doctor. I was just thinking the same thing. Right. Uh, have Dr. Durell, uh, Dr. Rell come over and uh, let's take a a small uh, sample. And Captain, I would also perhaps like to advise in my position as security, the possibility that we may wish to sedate Mr. Pratt just for the, his own safety, as well as the safety of the ship, should it come down to that. Duly noted, Chief. Right, uh, we'll uh, wrap up our uh, engineering tour rather quickly, and we'll do a, a quick survey of sickbay. What do we say? Hmm? Sounds like a prudent course of action. While you're undertaking that, I will get in contact with the Yosemite. Very good. Captain out. It's right about then that, of course, uh, Presley has finished with his tour, and Prote sort of, of course, is again scribbling away in some strange alien symbols and says, You've been very helpful, Ensign, but unfortunately it seems that my pencil is quite one dry. Do you, do you have another writing implement that I could use? And Ensign Presley sort of pats his uniform and says, uh, Not on me, but... Uh, and he sort of looks at you, Captain. Could always replicate you a pen. Actually, um, you know... We have somebody on staff who's very fond of journal writing, has that sort of, um, if you'll forgive the expression, uh, old-fashioned uh, means of recording their, their experiences. Uh, they've got a journal, they've got a fountain pen, all that sort of things. Um, he's done in sickbay. Uh, Dr. L, uh, you'll become familiar with him uh, fairly soon. Why don't we head down there and see if he's got something special for you? I see this is the part where you run scans on me to try and get away with the fact that you think I'm not human, or that you think I am human, I should say. It's okay, I don't mind. I go through this process nearly every time I come to visit. My apologies, Brute. Um I can see that you're more astute than we uh, initially gave you credit for. You understand that uh, we are presented with a bit of a quandary when it comes to you. You both appear humanoid, but aren't. Uh, you've utilized some kind of transport technology to get on board, uh, but we can't trace your signal. Uh, you're, a, um, you're a bag of contradictions and questions that uh, none of us are particularly uh, happy with leaving unanswered or unaddressed. 
Oh, let's head to sickbay then, because you only have hmm, about 26 minutes before I leave. Right, well then, let's make our way over. And before we switch to sickbay, we're going to go back up to the bridge just for a moment, um, because, Nabok, I'd like you to roll me another insight and engineering here. And the ship will assist you with a computers and an engineering. Now, what this is representing is this is your continuing delving into those scans, checking to see if Trawl's supposition that it was the, tr the turbolift car that was transported. Um, you're basically checking more into that angle. And the difficulty on this will be a four. So keep that in mind. Okay. How much momentum do we have going? You have four momentum at the moment. How much does it take to get an extra die? Uh, okay. It's one for one, three for two, and six for three. Now remember, you can give me two threat and all of your momentum to roll all five dice here. Are you feeling lucky, Punk? Yeah, there you go. Particularly. I will use a momentum to get one more die. Okay. Uh, would my focuses and replicators? Yep. Yes, and um, nah, that wouldn't help. Never mind. Well, one thing I would point out to you is, if I remember my own role correctly, doesn't the chief of the boat give you something special here? Yes. Um, may spend one momentum to create an advantage for a task but it's um task i'm assisting with but i can also get the crew to help me out i guess mm -hmm. um, well it's one of those things where i have you looked that out because if you were to spend another further momentum you could bring the task difficulty down from a four to a three let's do that so i'll use another momentum and if that's all right with everyone Yep. and um, uh, contact some of the uh, engineering uh, sensor sensor slickers to see if they uh, they notice anything. I got you. We get down a little bit. All right, difficulty three. Let's see what you get. Yeah, we'll we'll need it since our computers are. Yeah, I was say the ship doesn't help you there, unfortunately. They're defragging, I guess. There's your three successes that you need. With three successes, Nabok, what you realize is that while this transport did happen to originate from the ship, there is another pattern in Cargo Bay 3 that seems to be a piggyback, as in the initial transport went to Cargo Bay 3, then the transport from Cargo Bay 3 to the turbolift is how Prot got where he got. Were they simultaneous or is it like an older transporter one right after one another so okay. there was maybe about a uh point zero 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 i think that's enough zeros uh five discrepancy Actually, can get, between can we get one more please? one more another zero all right thank you basically it was a very minuscule amount of time between when the cargo bay transport concluded and when the transport to the turbo lift began okay but the transport in the turbo lift still took that still extended amount of time from that point. Correct. Okay. All right. I'm going to turn quickly to uh, Commander Troll and be like, well, Commander, we have another 
wrinkle situation. What is it? Well, it appears that we have a um, a piggybacking transporter signature. When Mr. Prot began his materialization sequence, well, technically immediately before, there was a transporter signature in Cargo Bay 3. So we may, it may simply be Mr. Prot, or we may have yet another intruder on the ship. Run internal scans on Cargo Bay 3. I want to see if anything's out of place. All right. Since Nabok, you're taking the lead here, go ahead and roll me a reason security, and the ship will assist you with a sensor security. The difficulty is two. All right, only one for Nabok, so we are going to need to see a success from the ship. Otherwise, that's a whole lot of nothing. And you said sensor security? Sensor security, you got it. All right, ship, I believe in you. Ah. So unfortunately, uh, what you're going to find is that the signal that is in Cargo Bay 3, you have no idea whether it was from somewhere else on the ship, if it was some external source. There's just not enough residual signature or any residual anything to get a conclusive yes or no one way or another. Oh, Commander, there doesn't... I, I don't seem to be able to get any further information out of Cargo Bay 3 from here. We could potentially send in a, a team to investigate to see if there is anyone down there or simply, you know, take a look around sometimes. You know, the good old eyes help a little bit. But uh, but anyway, we should at least... Uh, I can message Sickbay to inform the captain when she arrives so that we're not uh, alerting our guests while they're walking down the corridors. Go ahead and alert Bay to let the captain know. I'll send a security team just to double check the cargo bay. All right. As you do that, we're going to cut to Bay, and we're actually going to join a scene in progress here where Dr. Rell, uh, Dr. Rell is a bullion. Uh, so he has sort of that blue skin with the big ridge down the middle of his head. Uh, and he's just stepping away from Prot uh, with sort of that bedside manner of, all right, Mr. Pro, just uh, sit tight. We'll be with you in a moment. But uh, he returns from the observation bay uh, to see not one Shrev, but two Shrevs. Uh, but to see to the say, doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Shrev's been cloned. Yeah, there investigations. You go. Uh, but is to see the, Shrev. Is this the B plot? No, this is not the B plot. <laughs> okay. Would have been a good B plot. But no, to see the doctor, the captain, and uh, Sarid. And of course, Captain, you have gotten the information from the bridge at this point. And. Mm-hmm. Lieutenant Commander Rell sort of comes in and goes, Captain, if you didn't tell me that I needed to look for it, I would think Mr. Prot is human. But I can confirm what the good doctor here says, motioning at Trev. He has a normal, abnormally high brain patterns, as in he is not only exceeding, but he's maintaining. It's the maintaining that I worry about. Uh, to bring up an old thing captain it, it it's one of those things where ships that have strayed too close to the galactic barriers both the one at the center of the milky way and the one around the galaxy itself uh, there's some humans that get sort of psionic powers and psi whatever you want to call it but right even then they tend to burn out or otherwise use up those powers 
Mr. Prot, uh, he's maintaining, and that that shouldn't happen. Hmm. Well, that would explain the commander and uh, Starfleet at large's interest in Mr. Prot. Um, I don't know why the commander wasn't more straightforward with, with regards to his um, particular uh, capabilities, but um, I suppose that's not our, uh, our purview to know uh, that information, if it is classified or... Well, if it, uh, if it helps any, Captain, I did follow up and try to get his records from Earth, but yeah, the commander, uh, what was her name, Ignatrix, didn't send anything back, just said it uh, wouldn't help with our problem. It was very obtuse. Mm. In fact, I might put in a word with the, bur- a word with the board uh, that, uh, yeah, maybe she needs to be a little bit more forthcoming in the future. Let's uh, let's tread lightly, Doctor. We don't necessarily want to uh, ruffle any feathers uh, prematurely. I wonder, Captain, might you be able to look up this woman's service record? Uh, the commando, you mean? Yes. Uh, yes, I should have the uh, necessary security clearance for that. I'm simply concerned that her interest in this patient might not be well, I don't know what I'm concerned about really but entirely uh, benign I wouldn't wish to offend captain I'm not in a position to pronounce judgment or speak make assumptions free, speak freely doctor you're, you're among friends very well then if this commander Ignatrix was it is a member of Starfleet Intelligence then perhaps we're dealing with some kind of clandestine program or an individual, perhaps against his will, who has been subjected to either genetic experiments or exposure to the effects of the galactic barrier. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, then I think we have a responsibility to uh, Prot himself. That thought crossed my mind. It's at this point that awkwardly Prot sort of wanders up behind everybody and says... uh, Dr. Shrev, uh, I managed to translate some of my notes uh, on where I'm from. I think you'll find them very useful, since I got the feeling you wanted to ask me a lot about K-Pax. And she hands you an Earth Common uh, list of notes from his notepad. And Dr. Shrev, I'd like you to roll me an Insight and Science difficulty of three. Now, if you want to be assisted by the computer, I will allow it. It would be a computers and science, but the complication range would increase to an 18 to 20. Okay. Um, I'll spend the two momentum and give you a threat because that can never come back on me. All right. And so I will roll four dice. Um, I'm going to assume that my my music focus in the flagella, the Andorian razor flute, is probably not going to be helpful to me. Probably, here, so. probably won't help you here. But uh, actually, hold astrophysics on, on. would. Let's take a minute. Let's really think this through. What are we? What is the flute good for? Well, it's a concealed weapon. Right. Yeah. It's um, basically a big shiv. Sure. So yeah. yeah. Responds to one's thoughts. Right. Yeah. It makes music, ostensibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not good music, but... Yeah. 
so maybe there's something about the sort of the mathematical harmonies of music that I can leverage in order there we to. There go. That's it. Okay. Yeah. yeah there. Can we can we with the flute adjust the underlying mathematical structure of the universe? I mean, maybe, but with only one success, you're either going to have to determination or just fail the roll outright. Unfortunately. Uh, yes, I am going to spend a determination, and let me take a look here. Um, I always love hex bits. Hex bits are amazing. Uh, see beyond the surface where the truth always lies. So in this context, I'm going to be not just analyzing the notes, but seeing if I can, using, since this is insight, um, my appreciation for the, the, I guess, the possible undercurrents or the suggestions, uh, looking at what might be said or implied from these notes that is... Uh, uh, you know, beyond the superficial. Right. Reading between the lines, if you will. Reading between the lines. Yeah, yeah. sure. Let's let's yeah. go. Now, real that. quick, uh, before you reroll, did you want to have the ship assist for the complication range? Uh, I would think so. Yes. All right. So, if I could get a computer science from the ship. it might affect how many Ooh. Oh. Ooh. okay all right well, i know what the I, complication okay so that is this that ship goes, this fucking ship <laughs> that is, is new <laughs> that is seven successes with a complication the complication is going to be shrev that when you go to put in the information prod has put about k-packs onto the pad it takes a little bit but when you do uh, you confirm two very important things. The first is that the area of space he claims to be from has never been explored, is so far out into the wilderness, quote-unquote, that there's never been scans or even visuals out in that direction. Unless you, like, go back to, like, Eugenics Wars telescopes, there just hasn't been anything out there. However, now that you've actually put in the data... What you can confirm is that the movement of, from, of some of the stars in that area lines almost 99.8% correct to what Prode has written down. As in, you're basically looking at someone who has described their home system that they couldn't know about by any other nature. Like, this is something that once you put it in the computer, the computer's like, yeah, this, this is a legit system. And with the data I got, yeah, this is legit. But again... Proch shouldn't. There's no way for Proch to have known that at all. Well, Proch, again, I greatly appreciate you taking the time, limited as it is, to provide me with this information. Thank you. Of course, of course. Um, got about twelve minutes left. I see. Are you going to be okay when you transport? Is there anything that we should be prepared for? Um, no. Just sort of need a little bit of space, and uh, I'll head back to K-Pax. We, we, we have to regulate the comings and goings. You know, there's people coming and going from K-Pax all the time. And since, of course, we're traveling at light, it's, well, similar to if two of your starships glided mid-warp. It would be very messy. Right. Are we expecting any more visitors from your uh, system at all? Oh, no, no. It's uh, I'm the weird one in this instance. Huh. Right. Um, and uh, Dr. Shrev will sort of curl a lock of hair behind her, uh, her ear. Um, turn to the doctor. Have you run the microcellular analysis uh, to check for any kind of degradation from exposure to our environment, doctor? Uh, 
doctor kind of looks over his notes. Uh, not detecting anything abnormal. Why? Uh, I merely think that we should be thorough. We wouldn't want our guest to um, be adversely affected. Very good. I will uh, continue to analyze what I've scanned and get back to you. Are you sure you don't need to carry out a full scan? I already have. Well, thank you, Doctor. Um, Prot, have you actually undergone a tour of the medical bay yet? Uh, yes, the good doctor was nice enough to show me the morgue, the stasis chamber, uh, the experimental lab in the back. It's uh, quite interesting, the facilities you have there. I think Dr. Powell would have really appreciated having something similar. He started with the morgue? Well, I, I asked, actually. You see, oh. you... You individuals, you do something very strange with your dead that we don't do on K-Pax. It's always quite interesting to see how you handle burial rites. Just to, just to clarify, Brot, and this is for you as well, Dr. Al, the morgue was currently empty, wasn't it? And the doctor actually smirks that and says it was, but he wanted to see it anyway. Right. Okay. Um... That's fine. I just... Don't worry, Doctor. We're not hiding any bodies in the back. Right. Something about your tone made me a little worried for a minute. Um, You know you have to report deaths to me. Straight away. Oh, then I shouldn't tell you about the dead Tlair and Hook Spider I had to kill the other day. I think you're sort of missing that there's a threshold. I'm making a joke, Captain. You and I will figure it out eventually. No, I'm... I'm dryly responding to your joke. That's all right. We'll we'll get our frequencies figured out in a minute. Right, Prot. Um, what would you like to do with your remaining uh, what's seven it minutes? Ten? No, seven minutes. Well, uh, I don't know. What do you think I should see at this point? Well, we do have a very spacious cargo bay. Uh, perhaps we should check that out. The cargo bay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's at this that I'm going to give this to you without a roll. You notice that there's just a slight hesitation when he mentions the cargo bay. But it's so slight that if you weren't looking for it, you would have missed it. Right, you can see what we're uh, currently, uh, we've got stashed away. Um, we'll be actually, we're on our way to uh, an outpost to receive some supplies. We're uh, uh, very close to launching our uh, a proper mission out into uh, the um, uncharted waters, as it were. Well, I would uh, be happy to see them. Very good. Well, uh, given that we've got very little time left, uh, let's get transported there uh, post-haste, shall we? And uh, the, the captain will tap the comm badge um, and uh, signal for the, the transporter room to do a ship to ship I mean a so there's one way we can do this we can either do this in a narrative sense where it'll happen but there might be a complication or two or since Nabok I think technically you are serving in capacity of an engineering personnel if I remember your sheet properly Um, if you want to do the role that's perfectly fine as well Uh, it's just whichever you guys would prefer at this juncture I say that Nabok should do it. Mm-hmm. But if Nabok turns either myself, Dr. Shrev, uh, Prote, 
anyone into sort of a Goldblum fly situation. Mm. Um, uh, I mean, that's that's basically his job, right? He's he's out. He's fired. What if you're just a healthy shade of green for a week? That's fine. That that's I mean, really, that's cosmetic, right? That's like getting a tan. Yeah. So more or less, it just takes a little longer to go away. Okay, it's uh, your ass is on the line. Let's just be clear. <laughs> All right. Well, Nabok, if I remember my transport rolling correctly, I believe that's going to be a control engineering assisted by the ship's sensors engineering. Your target is not on a transporter pad, so it becomes difficulty three. You're transporting to the cargo bay, but I'm going to give you a bone here and say that you're transporting to the cargo bay's pad, so the difficulty does not change. So I think overall you're looking at a difficulty three task here, and the Kasumi has already gotten you a crit. What? Make up, make up your mind, ship. However, to make things even more interesting, I am going to spend my threat, all of it, of course. Of to raise the are. difficulty to four and make the complication range 16 to 20. Oof. So no pressure. Okay, then. Don't fuck it up. You have four momentum. I'm going to use momentum. some momentum, then. All right, how much you want to spend? Remember, it's uh, one for one, three for two. Let's do three. Okay. Roll so you're rolling four, four dice total. Four dice. My focus applies. Transporters. I believe I selected this correctly. All right. Oh, that is indeed uh, six successes. Let me check that zero. <laughs> two Vicks avoided. There All right. Go. So that is a complication. So, and this actually works out perfectly. You all dematerialize and rematerialize uh, in the cargo bay. However, you notice that Prote is not with you. In fact, Prote did not materialize in the cargo bay. But Nabok, because they're going to ask you, he did materialize somewhere. And you get to pick on the sh where in the ship he did end up being transported to. Can't be the cargo bay. Can't, can't be the cargo bay. Oh, man. Anywhere else. Uh, how about uh, hydroponics? Hydroponics, all right. Transport, where the hell is Prot? Let me check quickly, Captain. Uh, something went a little haywire with the transporters. Um, I can see that. Yes, uh, he appears to have materialized in the hydroponics bay. Oh, thank the prophets. <sighs> If my scans are correct, nothing appears to be wrong with him other than he is in the wrong location. It's then that you notice that all of your sensors in hydroponics have gone dark. Scratch that, Captain. I have no longer any readings in hydroponics. Seal uh, that section of the ship off, please. Immediately, Captain. Taral, come in. I'm here, Captain. What's the ETA on your uh, security team down here to the cargo bay? They should be waiting outside for you. Excellent. Thank you. And uh, the doctor will, sorry, the captain will but make their way over and, and let the security team in. Mm -hmm. Sweep the bay. We're looking for any kind of technology, anything with a transporter signature, um, anything that looks... Uh, well, for lack of a better word, hinky. Mm -hmm. Make so, it fast and make it thorough. 
So the the security team looking for hinky. That's the new word of the day. Is going <laughs> to comb a, through the bay. It's a technical term. Yeah, I love it. Uh, they're going to comb through the bay less than two minutes, if two minutes at all. And when they come back, they say, uh, "We sorry, ma'am, we didn't find anything, but um, for some reason we're missing a barrel that had fresh fruit in it. Hmm. Well, I'm sure that loss will be keenly felt. Right, let's get down to hydroponics quickly. Uh, transport, get us just a, get us just outside hydroponics and quickly. I'm just going to throw you a bone. Hydroponics is down the hallway, second door on the left. Captain, it's actually right next to you. I I know that the ship is fairly new, but it it is actually around the corner. I knew that, Chief. I was just testing you. Very good. (laughs) Excellent, Captain. Way to keep me on my toes. Right. Captain out. And then as soon as that communication's out, Mm -hmm. you see uh, uh, Captain Kai kind of swear under her breath. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I have to do the bloody walking. No, uh, apparently, you know, no one is uh, uh, very accommodating for a person with a bloody bum leg. No, no, let's just walk down the hallway. Fine, let's go. It's not like it hurts. You, you do realize that I have to actually manually activate tactile controls every time that I go to a console, and they work terribly. And Sarita, as in, if it hurts you that much, Captain, I could potentially carry you myself. It wouldn't be an issue. Well, that that wouldn't be embarrassing at all. No, that's great. Yeah. I tell you what, I'm just going to hobble down the hallway towards hydroponics. You're welcome to follow me, right? Hi, sir. I think that up on the bridge after that, Tural turns to look towards the back. She didn't know that. Voice? No. But to be fair, these Ambassador-class ship schematics take a little bit of getting used to. The captain will will speed hobble towards uh, hydroponics. Now, when you enter into hydroponics, of course, after getting it cleared and have the security lockdowns that were put in place, you go inside. And at first, you just see normal hydroponics, just row after row after row of plants and other things growing. But as you hobble down the rows, eventually you come to one and you see the collapsed form of Prot on the ground, as in he was standing and then it's like he went limp and just fell to the ground. Go ahead, Doctor. And I think immediately the doctor would uh, rush forward and try as best as possible to conduct a neurological scan. Since it is the the end of the session, I'm just going to give this to you free. His brain activity is next to zero. And in fact, when you try to get him to respond, either just by shining light in his eye or poking him or doing anything of that nature doesn't reply in any sort of fashion. Captain, uh, he's completely catatonic, and his brain activity is barely at the level at which he can continue surviving. Uh, we need to get into sickbay immediately. Right. Get it done. And uh, the doctor will hit her combat. Shrev to sickbay, uh, or to transporter room, two to beam directly to sickbay. And of course, that transport works, but as oh, sorry, as uh, Shrev is beamed away with Prot or Robert Porter, whoever he is, I think Sarid turns to you, Captain, and goes, uh, "Captain, I must admit, I'm 
very confused about two things. Uh, the first is, is that the barrel of missing fruit that they reported in the cargo bay? And you look over and there's, in fact, an empty barrel uh, just sort of lying in the uh, rows of plants. That may very well be. Um, but luckily, um, fruit is not exactly essential to our strategic aims. So I'm willing to let it slide. What's your second question? What the hell did we just... I mean, supposedly he's a mental patient, but then he's an alien? An alien with knowledge that's beyond anything in the Federation? I... What... I got nothing, Captain. Well, if I may hazard a guess, I think what we experienced here was a sort of... um, We're passengers on this ship at the end of the day. It's going to take us most of the time where we want to go, but it's going to show us what we need to see, if you take my meaning. I think perhaps that uh, our friend Robert here had a passenger of his own, and uh, that passenger was showing us what we needed to see. I think Sarid nods at that, and I think that is the absolute perfect moment to do the Star Trek ending trumpets, and that's where we'll call the session. Where are those trumpets coming from? <laughs> See, what'd you guys think? Quite I liked it. So yeah, someone in chat actually picked up on it right away. I think it was uh, Orfish who did it, but yeah, that was an homage to K-Pax. Um, one of my absolute favorite movies out there and books as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm very curious as to whether or not you would pass him off to the Yosemite or not, because hopefully I did a good enough job making it very unclear whether he was a mental patient or if he was an alien. Yeah, I, I, I think there's enough um, kind of gray area there where I think the captain would... Try to at the very least delay the handover mm-hmm. long enough to get some more information, especially with regards to uh, the commander's interest mm-hmm. in Robert and the whole situation. Um, and um, try a little bit of politicking to try to, you know, um, not take command of that situation exactly, but, you know, try to wedge yourself into it to the point where she can maybe make a, a more. I don't know, humane decision. decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, towards uh, Prot. I like it. I like it. I'll make note of that, and it'll be part yeah. of your opening log notes for next session. Okay. But yeah, uh, anyone else have any thoughts? So just to clarify, this is not a holodeck situation? This is no, not, not a holodeck situation. A, nope. a stealth episode of Congo? No, nope, not a stealth so, episode of Congo, though I might use that okay. for somebody else in the future. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it's just a telepathic illusion that's being beamed into your brain by a pitcher plant that's going to consume our real ship. There you go. We're right. All right. There you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I love so it. So does, does right. that mean we show? So that means we show up next week or not? I don't. You do show up next week. Yeah. So okay. right. again, yeah. um, this was the series premiere. Uh, moving forward, knock on wood, uh, we will be every Sunday at 9 p.m. Uh, of course, if that changes, I will tweet about that and let everybody know. But yeah, uh, YouTube, this is where we say goodbye, but Twitch, stick around because we're going to raid somebody. But uh, YouTube, see you later.